This is Line Dance Podcast. I'm Christopher Gonzalez. Hello and welcome to Line Dance Podcast on Move Radio with Megan Barcelia and Christopher Gonzalez. And today we're going to get weird. I recently was reading a post on reddit.com about uh, board games and the kind that uh, people bring to parties. And somebody mentioned how Cards Against Humanity just isn't the thing anymore. People find all the combinations very um, repeated. And there are other games that promote more creativity. And there were some that uh, they listed that I may look into in the future. I think one of them was Fun Employed. Uh, where you try to defend why your weird trait should get you hired for whatever job is drawn. And uh, then there was another one called Snake Oil, where you draw two weird things like a rubber mirror or something like that. Two weird things. And you have to sell to the main person why your product is the best product out of everything presented. And it really makes you get creative with uh, the combinations that you come up with. So today, we're going to get real weird with you. And we have an article here called 350 Good Questions to Ask from ConversationStartersWorld.com. And somehow, some way, in the next hour and 45 minutes to two hours, these will relate to line dance. Even if they take a little bit of twisting and turning of the mind to get there... We're going to find ways that these questions can relate to line dance. So, first one. When you are old, what do you think children will ask you to tell stories about? This is an easy one for line dance. I was going to say, yeah, all your world travels and, you know, how you got started and what you do with your time. <laughs> kind of the things that we ask Michael and Michelle and Joe and everybody else who has seen the path for longer than we have and uh, can give us an idea of what's down there yeah pretty much that one that one was quick and easy i'm i really like the idea of the other one just being what it is but i'm excited to see how we can switch it to line dance okay okay um so yeah let me just see if there's anything else in that first one when you were old what do you think children will ask you to tell stories about oh also when um rachel is the stuff of legends and i mean she already kind of is uh and people are asking was she a real person was this joe Really, the St. Joe that people make her out to be, we will say yes, and we will provide examples. <laughs> and they will probably come from other episodes of the podcast, because we've enumerated several of them. Right. Next up, if you could switch two movie characters, what switch would lead to the most inappropriate movies? Right? The only thing I can think of here, off the top of my head, is if you switched the rosters of two different events, like Steve Lescarbo's Spring Break with Pike's Peak <laughs> or Palm Springs like what would that what would that event look like and how would it be different like let's say you took Palm Springs and put in say Trevor Will Guyton Louie very different personalities from what you're used to seeing on the west coast at an event like that and then something like Stoke or Newcastle with Joanne Brady and John Robinson and maybe Joe, maybe Amy Christian. Some of like the more mellow. Well, I did say John, didn't I? Though uh, some of the, some of the more mellow people in line dance, 
uh, at an event where it's typically you know advanced, real weird rappers delight, do wackadoo, odd movement kind of dances. That's that's the the switch that I would think of there. Um, that would make a very different scene, and maybe even swapping people out into the DJ booth and then putting like Louie up on stage <laughs> as an instructor. In the oh, beginner room. That would be fun. No, 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 no. Don't do that to people. Don't do that to Louie. <laughs> um, oh, that's a tough one. If, okay, so switch two movie characters. So, I don't know. It's hard to say because, like, there are certainly people, like, for instance, Joe, who can teach to just about anybody just about any style. So she's very versatile in that sense. So switching her with anybody, it's not going to really be an inappropriate switch. But maybe, I don't know, maybe because I haven't seen it before, having someone like Guyton in an absolute beginner class might be interesting. Rhoda at Stagecoach. Yeah. With Man of the Woods, because then she could do the hat thing. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, or very specific style, like the country bar scene, hardcore country. It would be interesting to see some of these people get back to the roots of what it used to be. Um, because Alternatively, Rob Hawley at Eurodance. But go ahead. I'm jumping all over. It's all right. I was going to say, because, for instance, like, obviously... Um, John used to compete. So he used to have to wear the certain clothing that is required during competitions. So to see something like that come back would be interesting. Um, I would definitely be interested to see Guyton dressed more country. That would be that would be intriguing to me. I'm trying to think of who's like a really big country style person that would be. Uh, it was like yeah, maybe Rob Holly. Um, see him more of a hip hop. Larry Bass. There you go. <laughs> that would be interesting. Um, yeah, so that would definitely make for some awkward. And intriguing stories and memories, I think. Additionally, Jackie Miranda. I would love to see her go full hip-hop streetwear, and I think she could pull it off and look adorable. Yep. All right. What animal would be cutest if scaled down to the size of a cat? I'm going to let you start with this one. Well, you I was have- going to say elephant, but... <laughs> you have a lot more experience with animals having your vet tech background as well as having owned cats well like i said i I would definitely say elephant i think a little teeny tiny mini elephant would be adorable personally and that's because that's just taking the felines out of the equation completely and any canine um because they come in house size so like a wolf scaled down the size of a cat is still gonna look like a wolf it's just small i would love to see the dimensions switched on Raymond Sarlemagne and Joey Warren. Big Joey, little Raymond. That would be interesting. I'm scared now. 
Um, yeah, I don't. I don't know other than what you just brought up. Also, maybe like switching Trevor and Little Roy. So you've got this big buff, like bursting out of his T-shirt, Roy, and then little modest Trevor. I was gonna say toned, toned. athletically toned, because yeah, that would be interesting. I don't know. We see an we see enough character personality switches in line dance, such as when Guyton dressed up as Rachel and Rachel dressed up as Guyton. So, like, there's certain things that I've seen before that I think is kind of fun. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing more people who know each other really well switch styles and try and emulate how that particular person presents themselves and dances. I think that would be that would be an entertaining show or contest of some sort. I think at one of these events. To go off on a so, sort of a semi-related tangent, I think that is one of the things that Guyton definitely brought was a sense of that's him. There are certain accoutrements you can associate with him, and right now, people are still themselves. But it's hard to isolate a particular thing about individuals and say, oh, that's totally whoever, um, without, without getting, like, crazy specific. I mean, like, Trevor, I guess, has, like, the backwards hat. So that's something, you know, because Guyton didn't really do a backwards hat. He had a mohawk or he Joe had beanie. Joe has her boots. That's right. But, like, with somebody like – oh, you know, uh, and Guillaume has um, – uh, an excellent fashion sense. I think if anyone like tried to do skinny jeans the way he did, you'd think that's very Guillaume right there. Just like Raymond has the flowy pants. He's got like the disco pants that I, I really like my my gray pair of. Um, he kind of does that as well, like the European low V neck uh, competition. competition outfit. Is what you're saying? Uh, but there there are a lot of folks where you see them, and it would be hard to know who they're going for. If, um, if they just wore normal street clothes, because a lot of people just kind of do the street clothes thing. So that would be kind of something fun to see return, maybe. If people really just cranked who they are up to 11, then you would know that um, that is loud and clear, that person. But yeah, cutest scale down to the size of a cat. You know, I would like to see the DJ booth completely shrunk down to, like, an app on Louis's phone and just see how he how he manages that. That would be interesting. I would not want to be in that room. Well, he doesn't have to be manning it. <laughs> I'm saying, like, that would be interesting to say how much can you strip down from the overall setup? Kind of like dancing the floor away, like DJ boothing the DJ booth away. And um, I guess, it, like, if, if you took something like the Crystal Boot Awards, and then held it at, like, a motel so that people had to, like, sleep in bunk beds and pack the same number of people into an event that can only hold, like, eight cars in the parking lot. That would be interesting, to shrink that down to the size of a cat, so to speak. I don't know, that's scary. That's a scary thought. Well, that's what this list is for. Um, and I... Kind of way to prompt this for you because I'd be interested because we've had this conversation somewhat before. Um, if you scaled down a dance, yes, we have definitely tried to strip as many unnecessary or not even unnecessary but uh, non-essential movements out of dances to see 
is this still the dance? Like, you can very easily lean to the right, lean to the left, lean back, lean forward and back a couple times, and turn, and that's the electric slide. Like, people can still kind of see that's the electric slide because of the forward and back before you turn. You can kind of do that with Cupid Shuffle. But I wonder if you could do that with Rapper's Delight. Like, I'm pretty sure you can get away with it with Stomp Your Feet because there are enough percussive movements that you can just do them in your shoulders without ever lifting your feet. And then you can do things with your hands. Gyrate, you could try to fake, maybe. But yeah, that would be, be maybe something for us to try tonight at some point since we have uh, Twin Oaks to teach at uh, from 7 to 10. I wonder if there's anything that we could just barely do and see if it still feels like the dance. Did you have any thoughts on that? No, it's just I wanted to know what you were thinking because, like I said, we've uh, we've discussed it before. Um, yeah, I'm just trying to think of like what dances could you scale down and them still be those dances and still be the hits they are, and where do you lose those? Movements that make them the hits they are. Well, I, I know that from what I've seen of Lonely Drum, there are people who are maybe still struggling to follow it or, or haven't completely learned it, but they can very easily, with that dance, get swept up in it. So they don't have to do all the little nuances of it and still look like they're doing it and are enjoying it. So there's an example of uh, one where it just kind of happens naturally. Next up, what inanimate object would be the most annoying if it played loud, upbeat music while being used? In line dance. Maybe Super J-Mart, where every earring sings its own individual song. That would be a cacophony. To give you an SAT hot word for the day. That would be uh, loud, overlapping sounds. Oh, yeah, I hadn't even thought about them being on your ears, but that's true. If you were wearing uh, the earrings as well, then probably a lot of the people in the ballroom who have all purchased something from Super J Mart and are wearing their earrings at the time would be trying to do something like pieces, and then in one ear, they'd be hearing, uh, let's say... Hmm? Uptown Funk. Uptown Funk. And then in the other ear... I don't know. Some other upbeat one. 50 ways. Yeah. Yeah, that would be, uh, that'd be kind of a trip. And then as soon as you go out into the hallway for some like peace and quiet, the whole booth is just screaming at you. So that, there's one. one. What inanimate object would be the most annoying if it played loud, upbeat music while being used? Yeah. Is it that? I was going to say, or the hand fans. Oh yeah, that's true. Especially when they when they all bring them out at the same time for like come dance with me or whatever it is that they they do those with. Uh, if it's one inanimate object, I mean you can't really say the floor because then you would just turn off the sound system and dance whatever the upbeat music is. Hmm. I'd have to say anything on your person. Because you can't exactly escape it. Because, like, you know, you wear a shirt, it's being used. And if it played loud, upbeat music, it would be very distracting. Or your pillow. Oh, that would be awful. (laughs) Your bed, that would be so horrible. 
I mean, if it's your bed, then it depends on... Let's not go there. <laughs> what else do dancers use? An animate object would be the most annoying. I'm also trying to, like, think about the country bars as well. Like, what do they, what do they have typically at a lot of these? Because, like, you can't even really say the mechanical bull. Because sometimes they put on music to, like, make it more interesting for the rider. Maybe the food that they give out late at night at Stoney's, if it just started singing to you while you were eating it, and then it started singing from inside you. Loud, upbeat music. That's not awkward. That's not awkward at all. Moving on. When did something start out badly for you, but in the end, it was great? I mean, you had struggles with competition at the beginning. I don't know. Oh, that was nervous. I don't know if I'd say that that started out badly so much as just nerve-wracking. Um... There was that one competition um, where, oh, what was it? It was something where, it was USLDCC, I know that. And we, like, took a nap, and then we rolled downstairs to go do a couple of the dances. And I remember thinking, well, that dance definitely needed more preparation than coming out from a nap. That was finals for Strut Through Your Heart. Ah, Okay. <laughs> Uh-huh. Yeah, if that had been held earlier during the event, I think I would have felt a lot stronger in it. Still a fun dance, though. Glad we, went, glad we uh, got that experience. Oh, the marathon. Our nine hours or eight hours or whatever you want to count. It started... Out, oh, wait a second. Started out badly, but in the end was great. Um, <laughs> well... Okay, so I guess depending how you look at it, it started out, we were kind of holding ourselves back because we didn't want to, you know, blow through it too quickly. And also there were two songs in a row at least where you sat out of them. And this was when we were going in with like optimism and energy. And then, you know, it's like hurry up and wait. So, you know, that was, that was unfortunate because we were on shuffle. But then as it got to the end, we were starting to look at well, we definitely want to be sure that we get this one in. So we were actually doing the ones we wanted to and making a point of getting those in a row. So whereas we started with the uncertainty of the playlist, toward the end, we got a lot of the fun ones that we really wanted to dance. So you could look at it that way. Also, the sense of accomplishment. I'm going to use badly, very loosely when describing what I'm about to describe. Stagecoach. We had no idea what to expect going into it. And we had hardly... We did know some of the people there, but we really didn't have a whole lot of relationships built yet. And so there was a lot of uncertainty, which made us hesitant more than badly. I'd say definitely hesitant. And I would say by the end of it, it was an absolute blast. Like, I had so much fun. It was amazing. I was absolutely grateful to Anne-Marie for including us in it. And I was so grateful for everyone who made us feel like we had known them forever. Um, so, again, badly is a very loose, loose, loose term here. Because I would definitely say more hesitant. Um, and not... 
not confident in knowing that what we were bringing to the table was going to be good enough. Um, and it turned it, it turned out fabulous. Um, you know, some of the dances that I suggested for the teaching are now being taught all over LA. I know we switched can't walk away to case for kicks. And that lesson was amazing. And now that's being taught places. Um, so yeah, I definitely, I would definitely have to put stagecoach in this particular category directly for me, um, as to like going into something, not sure how it was going to turn out, and it turned out amazing. Yeah, that was the example I was going to go with uh, regarding can't walk away as well because that talk about starting out badly. I was dreading that teach after we saw what time slot it was and how the dancers at that time slot in previous day or days um, were receiving low intermediate dances I really did not uh, think that would go well and then we got to do chaos for kicks instead and it was so much fun so that in the end as they say here uh, was great yeah what weird food combinations do you really enjoy in line dance. And for this, I think I'll start with um, what weird dance combinations do you enjoy? And I like when you can do like a throwback country dance with some upbeat modern non-country song and vice versa. And um, again, referring to uh, a combination that we mentioned in a previous episode, John Hume taking Simon Ward's Powerade from Vanessa Amorosi's The Power and setting that to a Big and Rich song, uh, the name of which I do not recall off the top of my head. That was a very interesting and effective idea. And it's an unexpected combination, but it works. And I like that. I like when stuff like that works. Um, Turbo Twang with Burn It to the Ground apparently works. Nickelback is like rock music and um, very different sound than what you'd think of for most country. And then Turbo Twang, Max Perry and uh, Peter Metelnik started out with a country song ages ago. But those two put them together and people really like it. A lot of energy in there. I'm going to go a little bit more umbrella term that's not so weird to everybody who's already in it because we already understand it. But I'm going to say line dancing in general and especially to non-country music. Um, it's, I love the fact that, you know, when people say, oh, that the country line dancing, I get to say, no, we do more than country. We get to do waltzes. We get to do, um, you know, nightclubs. We get to do all different styles of hip-hop and, you know, that kind of thing. So it's more than just that now. Um, and people find that weird. I think that's that's one thing. Um, foot combinations, I'd have to say, like, anything with feet bits, like twisty bits. Um, I, lo- I mean, one of the reasons why I had to... Um, learn Darren's got your number was because the out out in in heel toe heel toe bits 
um, I saw that and went, I need to learn that. Anything with that kind of movement that's kind of weird and out of the box. Um, same thing with like Rachel's woo woo, the twist, 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 you know, forward and bend back. Um, it catches my eye and it's, it's a weird combination that you don't normally see that I, I have to learn it because of that. Um, I have a feeling that it'll become certain movements will become more, you know, common the way like a coaster step does or that kind of, that kind of movement because, you know, those weren't always in dancing. So all these steps had to come from somewhere. So they were all weird at one point. Um, I guess another thing I would have to say. I really enjoy when people push their comfort level of style. Of like what kind of dances they normally choreograph to. And then they break away and try something new. I tend to really enjoy watching that. Um... Because I like people who have versatility. Obviously, like, I love people who have their niche. Don't get me wrong. Um, but I really enjoy seeing people expand and grow into different styles as well. Yeah, I was thinking about that, uh, <coughs> that idea of common moves and uncommon moves, um, like fashion the other day, where you have one person do something really weird but they do it with confidence and flair and if somebody else couldn't get away with it they do so now other people want to do the weird thing like the person who has confidence and flair and even though something might look bizarre on the runway eventually enough designers modify it and make it mainstream enough that you can sell it at Kmart and then everyone can enjoy it but it always starts out with that one avant-garde person saying, no, it's okay to do this weird thing that you don't think can be done. Because, look, here, I'm going to do it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use my experience and knowledge to fit it in with a bunch of things you already know. And then when they, when they carve it out from the marble, other people can kind of mimic that. They couldn't have found it in the marble themselves, but now that it's exposed, they can try to trace from it, so to speak. Yeah. Oh, and then food combinations. I think Vegas Dance Explosion is one of the best, like, just drop-in and get food areas of most events that I've seen. Because you can get, like, a fruit cup and yogurt and, like, bottled coffee drinks. And if you're into it, energy drinks. Uh, breakfast burritos. So that's probably like the least weird food combination um, that I've seen. We, we do some buffets, depending. Like at some of the JC events, we've done buffets, breakfast buffets. Again, not weird. Eggs, uh, waffles, fruit. Um, it, it's the ones where they don't have anything on site or nearby that we go across the street to Target and get pudding cups. And, you know, I'm just going to hand over to Megan right now. I was going to say, I am guilty 100% of SpaghettiOs from a can. That, I think, I think most people would consider that weird <laughs> or wrong, and I love it. It's what, it's what the poor do to survive. 
You know, we go to Walmart in an Uber and load up for four days on non-perishables and eat them all before we get on the plane. Fruit cups. No more fruit in a can, though. No more fruit in a can. I learned my lesson at Big Bang last year. Just don't do it. <laughs> Not worth it. Um, oh, yeah, weird food combination. Sometimes the weird food combination is the single combination in the can times eight in not as many days. So you're eating multiples per day. Um, oh, and, and I forgot to mention, uh, it did say what weird food combinations do you really enjoy? So this would be the opposite of that. This would be a weird food combination that we would steer you away from. Next up, how would your country change if everyone, regardless of age, could vote? And this is a perfect segue into linedancerweb.com, where we would recommend that everybody go in and vote for your favorite line dances using their voting function so that your votes will eventually, in addition to being counted on the charts, go toward next year's Crystal Boot Awards. So how would your country change if everyone, regardless of age, could vote? Well, as it happens, everyone, regardless of age, can vote for the different dances in the different categories on linedancerweb.com. Also, you can go to the World Line Dance newsletter and name your, I think, eight or ten, I think it's ten, uh, favorite, maybe it's eight. That's a great question. You should go in and find out. Discover for yourself. Do independent research. And... Name the dances that you especially enjoy that week, and those will go into the World Line Dance Newsletter survey. Additionally, on kickit.com, uh, or is maybe kickit.to still? It might be. Just look up kickit. You'll find it. And uh, that will bring up their charts where you can additionally vote, uh, or at least tabulate uh, dances that you have taught recently or uh, learned recently. All of this data goes into their charts, and it's kind of voting, kind of just counting. Looks like it's kickit.to uh, after all, according to Megan. Thank you. Uh, so yes, Line Dancer Web, Kickit, World Line Dance Newsletter, all of these places are where you can go and vote in any country, regardless of age, and let people know what dances they should be learning based on which ones you enjoy. Handing it over to Megan. <laughs> oh, good gosh. I was pretty much going to say mostly of what everything you've already said. However, I think it's really, really important that people realize that those votes, whether you're on Copper Knob and you're five-starring it, or you're on Kick It and you're using the, the smiley face system, or you're on you know, Line Dancer and you're actually voting... Um, I think it's really, really important that we do that so that, you know, people know when you like the, the dances and people know when you're teaching them. I think it's really cool when we're able to tag those dances online or share them with others so that they know they're more exposed to different dances and whatnot. Um, and anybody can do that. It doesn't. You don't have to be a certain age to actually go on and vote. You can leave comments, I know, on copper knob about the dances as well and say like you know that you taught it here and your class loved it or whatever it is i think it's really important that 
we go through and give our honest feedback. So looking at it and um, looking at how it would change if they could vote, I would modify that to how would it change if everybody who was able to vote on our various voting platforms for line dance did vote. I think there would be a lot more love for the advanced and high intermediate dances because currently when you go into Kopernov, let's say, a lot of those dances will be like two stars or one and a half stars. And from folks we've talked to, the idea seems to be that the people who vote are not the people who are doing those dances. They look at those and they think, oh, that's too hard, that's too complicated, one star. And the people who love those and would give them five stars don't vote. That's just not something that they take their time to do for all those dances that they know that are more complicated. So the votes look like they're not good dances, but it's just a bias toward voters who don't happen to enjoy them. Um, If everybody were voting, then you'd get more representation from the people who do enjoy those and would balance those more toward a three or four or even five-star vote. Also, there would be probably, if everybody, everybody who could vote uh, did vote, you'd have a lot more representation of beginner and like absolute beginner dances because a lot of the people in these classes who are dancing for the very first time will see something like Rio or Mama Maria or Case for Kicks or any of these other the early dances of their, uh, that they love and they'll just accept it. They'll say, okay, that's a great dance. I love it. And then they won't tell anyone and they're the only person in, in their family or friend group who line dances at all. And they've, n- they've never heard of Copper Nub. They don't know what a step sheet is. So they're not going out and voting. If all of these absolute beginners and beginners in all the classes and country bars around the world were voting, then on the charts you'd probably see more country line dances um, alongside Gary and Maggie and everybody else. And um, you would see a lot more of these absolute beginner classics that every class seems to teach um, stay strong in the charts and not be bumped by whatever you know new thing has come along and that kind of reinforces for people who are starting absolute beginner classes here are some dances that you should teach because this is what everybody else is doing as well you know the come dance with me is and and, and whatnot of the world um and as mentioned mama maria rio etc so i think right now there's a lot of improver and intermediate that's on the charts and is being voted for because that's who votes But if everybody who could vote did vote, a lot more of these absolute beginners at the base of the pyramid, so to speak, would be showing their love for the ones they're excited about right now, as well as the advanced folks um, saying, yes, these are good, very enjoyable dances, and it's worth my time to vote for them. I think that's what would change. Any additional thoughts? No, I think you brought up a really good point that there would be a more honest reflection of what is being danced and what is being enjoyed than what is currently being betrayed. Because what's being portrayed is what, first example, what's being clicked on on Copper Knob. And just because I click on something doesn't mean I've even really looked into it, doesn't mean I've researched it, doesn't mean I've tested it, and definitely doesn't mean I've taught it or danced it. Um... So if I went on and I actually voted for something, that's me taking the time to be like, yes, this is my review. It's one of the things I love about adding dances on to Kick It. 
is when you when you go on to kick it and you go to uh, what night out I think it is you can click on in a different tab one is like dances I taught one is dances I danced one is dances I learned um, and if you go into the learn or dance and you add a dance in there it automatically prompts you um, how you would rate it and so you you rate the dance based on your experience of the dance and then from there, you know, you've actually clicked on something. And for me, it's become such a second nature. Oh, yeah, I liked this dance. Oh, this was all right. You know, and you kind of just go through that. As opposed to, say, Copper Knob, where you actually have to log in, click vote, click on the stars, and then click submit. And that's effort. It's a lot of effort. And I know a lot of people don't like taking that effort. Now, when it's a dance that I absolutely love, I will certainly do that. Absolutely, because I want people to know that I enjoyed this dance. So I will vote for that dance. Um, but that's not the case. However, if it was the case and everybody went on and voted, I think we would really, truly have an idea of, one, what's actually being played and danced, which would, I think, cover up a lot of issues. And two, I think, surprisingly, it would reveal how little is being actually danced. Because I think, although, yes, we know a lot of dances, I think a lot of people revert back to the same, you know, I'm going to say bag full of dances in their repertoire to teach or dance or ones that they know because they've been dancing them for however long they have. And so I think it would show us Either A, that we're very, ha you know, creatures by habit, as well as B, potentially get us exploring more and being like, okay, well, I've danced this dance every single week for the last seven months. What else is out there? You know, and I think then we see somebody else randomly doing this other dance. We could be like, oh, what's that? So I think that would also help with the cross knowledge of if I go to Tennessee what they're dancing out there versus here you know I think that would allow me to learn more of what is actually being danced as opposed to just well maybe I'll know something maybe I won't maybe I'll be dancing by myself in the corner I think that would be an interesting question to open up to other people as well as like how often should a venue look for new dances because I know some places will just take one new dance, maybe per month or two months, really push it, see if it sticks. And if it doesn't, you know, they'll go to a new one after that. Um, some places will try to teach every new thing that comes up that they see on their feed once every week. And none of them stick, uh, or all of them do, depending on how ambitious the group is, to the point where you go to one of their socials and you don't recognize anything because they've only been doing like the last three months of dances that have come out. Um, it would be interesting. Like Keith just sent me a playlist of what they did at Stoney's last night, and it's a lot of familiar stuff. And you don't see those on the charts. It's getting danced every week, week in, week out. But they're not on any charts because they've been out forever. It's not the new stuff. But if everybody who was dancing that stuff went home and voted and said, oh, yeah, I loved this one that was played last night, they'd be on the charts forever because, like, Watermelon Crawl is never going away. 
like if people are still dancing and enjoying it and then voting for it, then people know, okay, it's been around for however many years, better keep teaching it, you know? Or other ones people can look at and... Um, Starbucks. It's always something new here at Starbucks. Anyway, um, yeah, or, or people would look at dances and and think like, oh, you know, this one's shown up every week, but I don't recognize it. Maybe this one would be worth bringing. And then for other places, you would say, wow, it popped up and then disappeared. I guess I can save my time and not bother with that one because it didn't seem like a very sticky one. Uh, I thought there was another thought that I had had if everyone, regardless of age, could vote. And maybe it'll come back. But anyway, <clears throat> next question. What are some red flags to watch out for in daily life? Red flags. An uneven dance floor. If you catch your foot on that, you are going to be out for a little bit. Um, shoelaces untied. Ditto. Sound too loud. Bring earplugs. That goes for a venue or an event. If the music is too loud, it might not bother you. You might think, oh, well, I'll just get used to it. But if it's a four-day event or however long, you're not going to want to get used to it. Like, that's, gonna, that's, a, that's not going to be good for you. Loud noises, they add up. Um, drinks on the dance floor. It's definitely... Um, People slamming their foot down on the dance floor is another one for me. Uh, definitely stuff to watch out for. Um, some other things in choreography, um, body mechanics wise, when you change directions without stopping first of some kind um, or going with the motion of the actual movement, uh, that's certainly something to look into. Staying hydrated, it's a big red flag. Can't really do much if you pass out on the dance floor, which also, I guess, qualifies for eating as well. Um, other red flags to watch out for? Uh, loose stuff near your feet, whether it's uh, shoes, or not shoes, um, pants that are not hemmed properly and are going to get caught under your heel. Or um, skirts or flowy things, dresses that uh, look really nice when they're in motion but get really low when they stop. Those will also get caught. Uh, for guys, if you sag your pants and you think it looks really cool but then you step on your own, again, hemline and uh, fall over, it does not look as cool. Um, you could turn it into like a breakdance movement but you got to be ready for that. Let's see, red flags to watch out for in daily life. I guess if there are people off in the corner and they're like looking, looking over at you on the dance floor, that, that's a good group of people that you should go up to and introduce yourself to because otherwise you might be thinking like all night. It might take you out of the enjoyment to assume that they're, they're judging you or they're, they're snickering. But if you go up and say hi, they might think like, oh, wow, hey, you're that person that was out there all night. Um, we don't know any dances, and we're, like, super intimidated by all the dancing that's been going out there all night. Um, how did you learn? And then and then you could, like, actually make friends with them and maybe teach them a Cupid Shuffle or something. But um, 
if you just see them and you assume the worst, then you're going to have a bad experience. So that would be a red flag. You know, if if you find any any point of discomfort in the space where you're dancing, don't just be afraid of it and avoid it, but try to confront it and get in there with uh, an attitude of positivity. And then that can really transform your experience. Your own behavior. Um, being aware that, you know, smiling is a big thing to, like, promote positivity. Um, frowning is not. Uh, one of the things that I'm aware of is how loud I'm talking during softer or reflective style music and dances. Um, it's very distracting and it can be very upsetting when you're very engrossed in the movement of a piece and you have someone laughing like almost to the point of a cackle in your ear essentially even though they're across the dance floor um or if two people are like talking over somebody that's in the middle then like if you just switch seats then they can talk quietly to each other but the the talking over can really raise the volume yeah, um, stuff like that. Uh, red flags to watch out for as well. Um, when you're getting tired, and if you're one of those that gets cranky when you're tired or cranky when you're hungry, um, that can certainly be something that you should watch out for in daily life and at an event or at a country bar or whatever. Um, things that just make you happy. Versus things that don't. The things that don't are big red flags. And if, I mean, okay. Nobody wants to work. Everybody wants to play. <laughs> Duh. But if you hate your job and it is miserable for you to show up there every single day, that's a red flag. However, if you just kind of like have those occasional days where you're like, man, I wish I was dancing or I wish I was at the beach or I wish I was doing anything but what I'm doing right now. Welcome to being an adult. That happens. <laughs> but um, if you can say that you like your job more often than not, that's a good thing. Um, one of the things that I know is like, because there are certain days that I would much, much, much rather be dancing that I remind myself that I put up with this day so that I can go dancing. Um, that's, that's a big thing for me. Uh, other red flags. I can't. Well, what you said reminds me of a quote that, I, or an idea from, I think it was Steve Jobs. Um, and the idea was that if, if you ask yourself every day, like if this were the last day of my life, would I do what I'm about to do today? And if for too many days you say no, then that's a red flag. If you are noticing about your life that you don't want to be doing it anymore, <laughs> then um, something needs to change, and you need to figure out what that is. So if you're at a dance event or a, a night out or something like that, and you're asking yourself every once in a while, like, am I happy? Then see what the answer is and what you can do about that. If it's a good thing, if you're saying, yeah, I'm happy, then, you know, share that with the people around you and tell the people that you're with, hey, I'm so glad you're here tonight. Like, hey, DJ, you know, thank you for playing these dances. It's been such a great balance. I'm sweating, but I'm also relaxing. It's, it's perfect, you know. They like hearing that. They like, they like knowing that they're doing something that uh, the room can enjoy. And if you're not happy for whatever reason, 
Um, note how many times you have said that and try to figure out why that is. If there are too many partner dances and you're sitting too much, then think about other nights that you can go or maybe they don't do as many partner dances. Or if they aren't playing, playing anything that you like, ask yourself, well, have I even requested anything? They're not going to read my mind and know what I want to dance. Maybe I should request something. You know, Find out what it is that... Um, that could improve your experience. Uh, the red flag would be just knowing um, there is something wrong and I haven't done anything about it. Better better go do something about it. I was going to say an unhappy Louie. Yes, that is a big red flag. <laughs> better, if, better if Louie's happy. <laughs> we like happy Louie. I think he does too. If your job gave you a surprise three-day paid break to rest and recuperate, what would you do with those three days? Oh, well, I mean, how can we tie this one into line dance? Shoot. <laughs> Gee, I don't know. That's a tough one. Three days? It's a lot of time. I mean, most events are, you know, what, four days? I would definitely go to an event. Depending on the event, yeah. Um because they say rest and recuperate, and then there's something like stagecoach where you want to just blast out all the energy you've been saving all week to to dance as hard as you can with that energy in the room until Sunday, and then you can rest. Then <laughs> um, there are other ones where it's just very easygoing, very laid back, like Palm Springs. Palm Springs winter break. Hey, they even have break right there in the title. So, yeah, three-day paid break. That would feel like something that you can just kind of hang out at. Or like Boogie, where they say, this is a social event. We're all going to get together and you know have a good time. And if there's some dancing, if we learn a couple things, that's nice. You know, it's, it's, it's good to have that in there somewhere. But it's not as much the focus. Like, you don't have to worry about how many you learned or remembered to bring back home with you with your classes. Yeah. Surprise three-day paid break. Yeah. What would you do with those three days? And unfortunately, I wouldn't even say, like, an overseas trip because that eats up. Like, if I tried to go to Australia, I'd get one day there, and the other days would be traveling, basically. So if it were a three-day trip, hopefully it would be... I mean, it would definitely be domestic. Um, I would take a red eye to make the most of the first day, and another red eye, and suffer on the workday afterward to get the most of that last day, and maybe get, like, dinner with people on the Sunday... So the three days, I would only get there in time for Friday, but that's okay. So a full day of teaches on Friday, Saturday, partial day on Sunday. Well, if we have a partial day on Sunday, maybe that means we get an open night of dancing on Thursday night, like at Pikes Peak Line Dancer Bust, which everyone should go to um, this coming July. Um, they're going to be dancing at a country bar nearby. And I really like that integration of, like, worlds. Huh. So with those three days, if it weren't line dance, if it weren't specifically line dance, I'd probably still try to find somebody that we could hang out with, like Amy and Darren, or Joe, or if she's not crazy busy, Rachel, um, and just see what see what that life is like. Michael and Michelle, yeah, we did that semi-recently. Um, and just be among the people that we like. Because, like, my family, my blood family, isn't, like, a whole bunch of crazy cruise line party vacation goers. So I, I wouldn't even really be able to say, like, I would take them all on some trip to the Bahamas. We're not really that family. 
But I could see doing something like that with, um, like, I think Jen Cameron and Cody Flowers and some of them just went out to a cruise in Alaska. That could be fun. I don't even know if there's any line dancing out that, uh, for that trip, but they look like they're having a good time. All right, was that your answer? Next question? Yeah. Next question. Where do you get your news? About line dance? Mostly my news feed and World Line Dance newsletter. Can't really think of any other sources that I tune into. There isn't really line dance news on Move Radio that I'm aware of other than this show. And there isn't anything on TV or YouTube. Although that could be fun if there were like this week in line dance, little five minute, ten minute recaps on YouTube. That could be a cool show. Just like the best of what's happening. But yeah, mostly just my Facebook news feed. I'm kind of the same um, with the where do I get my news from is my news feed. Um, I am a part of a couple individuals mailing lists. So when like Madison releases a new dance, I'll be able to see it. Um, uh, I'm trying to think of where else I have. I have friends that'll send me information too. like, did you see this? Did you see that? Um, when it comes to like events or dances being released, um, at every event, I stop at the flyer table, and it doesn't matter. I mean, I even did it at the uh, Fresno event, which is mostly West Coast Swing stuff. Um, I looked at some like the upcoming events there, uh, flyers, flyers. I think it, with also the registration information um, is a helpful marketing tool. Um, trying to think of where else I would get get my news from. We definitely tell each other whenever something comes up. Oh yeah, yeah. Mostly it's it's through primarily through Facebook um, because I can tag people when I'm giving news and they can tag me, um, and then I follow pretty much anything that has line dance or dance in the title on Facebook. Um, some some of those that I that are dance that don't have anything to do with actual line dancing it's more just for inspiration and the occasional music that uh, sneaks up on those uh, that I wouldn't have been exposed to otherwise but uh, yeah I'm trying to think Um, when I think about news and like just exposure kind of going on the topic of like where I find songs, I definitely am on Spotify and, and look up their new release Fridays. Um, I will pay attention during anything I'm watching, whether it be a TV show or a movie, to the soundtrack. Um, and see if there's anything that I like about the soundtrack. I know you definitely search Reddit and their threads there. Um, and get quite a bit of interesting news. And like, for instance, that's how we prompted this article today. So um, you definitely find stuff there news-wise. Um, it's a little bit more on the far-fetched side than the like direct relation to line dance. But since everything's line dance. Yep. And you're right. Yeah, um, definitely found a lot of new music through Reddit. Um there are like niche places that discuss certain kinds that we think that would fit in well with the line dance world. Spotify has been immensely helpful. We have huge playlists at this point of um, you know potential choreography songs. 
What movie can you watch over and over without ever getting tired of? I would also relate that to what dance can you watch over and over? Um, so anything that Rachel does ever. Um, as well as Joe. I, I just, I could watch them do the electric slide and they'd find some way to make it captivating. Um, as well as, you know, what dance can you do over and over without getting tired of? So I have a couple movies. I'll specifically state movies since that's the actual relevant point. Um, any version of Pride and Prejudice. I love that story. Um, Lady and the Tramp. That is one of my go-to movies. I can watch it over and over and over again. Um, most Disney movies, realistically. But primarily Lady and the Tramp. Um, now, as for dances that I could dance, probably, f- and I was going to say forever, but I can't really speak to forever, but at the same time, I haven't gotten sick of them yet. Um, Pieces is certainly one of them. Uh, I love Faith and Desire. It's another one of my absolute favorite dances. Um, moves like Jagger. I don't even know how long I've been dancing that dance now, and every time it plays... I'm out there, except for those agonizing times I'd gone and injured myself, um, and I couldn't dance anything. That was heartbreaking. Um, Like you, I could watch Rachel and Joe dance just about anything, but just watching a dance, um, it's a little bit trickier. I'm going to throw in just uh, because it came to mind, Michael Barr doing a beautiful goodbye. Yeah, definitely. Granted, I have to be out there dancing that dance too, but yeah, I could definitely watch him dance that one. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to think of like which one I could just watch and not have to be out there. Oh, well, I mean, if that's part of it, um, not having to be out there. Well, you've definitely watched Skinny Love a few times. Uh, I was thinking, I mean, again, it's almost any dance, but John doing something like Hold Your Horses <laughs> or John and Jill doing Syncopated Rhythm. Yeah. Yeah, I can definitely see that. Um, okay. There's two that I absolutely love watching you dance music high and Josie's funk like I don't know what it is about those two but when you're out there you look like you are having the time of your life and I love watching you dance this and yes I've recently learned music high but it's still one that I could sit out of and just watch okay hmm so yeah, with Rachel, I would specifically go with two of the original ones I saw her dance. Yeah, uh, Poetry in Motion to Hotel California, 1994 Hell Freezes Over version by the Eagles. And also Have Fun Go Mad as danced to Shake That by Eminem. Uh, also, I would say Roy Hidisabroto doing Have Fun Go Mad to the original song by Blair. He hits so many layers of music in there. Uh, I would definitely watch him and Fiona do the last word 
over and over, as I actually did when they had videos out for it and I hadn't learned it yet. Uh, watching Fiona do all the demos while Roy was injured, she just looks so graceful and precise that I, I would be happy to watch that again and again. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to think if there are any Amy ones that I would especially want to watch her do. And there are some that are kind of fun to watch her do, like... Um, confident because of the arm thing that she throws in during the part B I just think that's kind of fun like her people are doing that with her um, maybe maybe Rebecca doing something like gimme gimme as I say Amy confident yes and although I would hate to sit it out I've seen enough videos of her dancing speak to a girl that I think she's just absolutely stunning in so Cat uh, doing Titanic. Yes. I would definitely want to watch that. Yes, yes, yes. Or anything West Coast. Simon doing Yeehaw <laughs> is interesting. It's so odd. It's such an odd combination. Uh, like, larger than life, I've gotten used to the idea of him dancing that. But Yeehaw. Oh, go ahead. Was it Powerade? <laughs> yeah, it's a fun one. <laughs> Uh, I've only seen him on video other than the time we did it at Northwest Line Dance Blast last year. I've only seen him um, in the original video from like 2001. <laughs> Tiny little young Simon with no facial hair. Uh, let's see. Oh, I could watch Guyton do Take Me to Church and Sound of Silence. He gets totally immersed in both of those. And maybe it's been a long time, but I could probably watch him do One Reason again. It's been a very long time since I've seen that. Guyton and Unsteady, along with Fred. Like, Fred for Fred and Darren for Witness. Fred and Guyton for Unsteady. Like, oh my gosh, the videos. I don't know how many times. Um, and I would definitely have to say Roy doing the Beast. I could... Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely that. Uh, also, yeah, Roy Verdonk doing the Beast as well. That was surprising. Um... And trespassing. Roy Verdonk doing trespassing is a very interesting watch. He comes up with some interesting stuff for that. Um, Reno, I could watch Andrew Ward-Roberts, I believe is his full name. Max Walcott and Dustin Valcalda do Funk and Feel It with all the variations they've put on it, as well as uh, Chase That Dollar. I would watch those videos, and I do anytime they come up on YouTube, um, as often as I see them. If they ever have a, like, there there have been times when, say, something like Get Ugly comes up. And I've seen that, and I've done that dance enough times that I'm like, oh, that's good. They're doing Get Ugly. Sometimes I'll tag Jono. But I can't miss if they do Funk and Feel It or Chase That Dollar because I want to see what they do with it. They find new ways to play with both of those dances that make me very happy to watch. And they all do it in different ways, too. So that's Dustin, Max, and Andrew. Shoutouts. Um... You know, even though I'm out there usually dancing it with him at this point, I'd probably be okay watching and just, especially if it's in a new environment where I've never seen him dance there before, watching Alex do uh, No Vacancy to the song Sangria by Blake Shelton. I would watch that just to see who he interacts with on the sidelines, as well as Jackie doing Omama Hey. I was like, yeah, I was going to say, Jackie doing Oh Mama Hey and Come Alive. 
So that's Alex Young and Jackie Patino. Um, there are videos of Jackie doing uh, Come Alive from Showdown this past year, and she has this the biggest smile, uh, something she learned that weekend and just had down by you know the time she was on, on video doing it. Uh, so that's, that's a lot of fun to watch for sure for both of them. You know, for uh, No Vacancy, if there are videos of Alex out there doing it, he gets into it with his hips in a way that uh, male or female you'll be amazed by um, and maybe a little confused by <laughs> like he's like this this ex-army maybe uh, is, I think he's yeah he's out, he's out of the service now very muscular looking guy but he rolls like he's made of taffy so you should look into that and see what that's about uh, oh Jill doing skiffle time I could watch that video uh, a few more times, I think, <laughs> if you'd like to describe that. <laughs> oh, no, it's fine. It's Detroit. People should know. People should have been there. Yep. Uh, also, Rosie Moltari. What's the one that she did with Kayla? Uh, the one with their, like, whipping their hair around? Oh, God. No, I don't even remember, but it's... Bang- Bangra, maybe? Is it Bangra? Vop? I don't know. Um... Now I'm going to Google it. I'm going to Google it so everyone can, like, look it up. It's Rosie Moltari and Miss Kayla Cosgrove. And... Mebunda? Oh, Mebunda. I think that's it. Uh, Let's see if that is what comes up. Mebunda! That is it. An improver line dance that I would recommend watching them dance. um, Together. Together, yes. They definitely play off each other. Let's see. You know, I wouldn't mind... It's been a little while, but I wouldn't mind watching Gary do Love Remains. Because I dance it, and I never see anybody else usually dancing it. Um, because I'm I'm just concentrating. I'm in my own head. Uh, but I would want to watch him do that. Oh, and I would want to watch Dustin do Gyrate, because he does things with his knees that don't seem like you should do those with your knees. <laughs> but he, he gets just dips right into it, and he's still able to walk afterwards. So... Good on him. Um, Bradley also is very graceful with a lot of the uh, the slower dances I've seen him do. His carriage uh, is very upright, and there are dances that I've seen him do similarly uh, with Dustin that don't seem like you know just watching them interact with people socially on the side of the floor or you know moving around in the hallway. You wouldn't think that when they get out there. They're like from from chest to fingertips. They are very controlled and smooth. And sometimes I will watch either of them if it's a dance I don't know very well, and uh, and I'm, I'm you know maybe seeing it for the first time. I'll see how they do it because they're very good examples to follow, especially as a male. Looks like Megan is deep in thought on. I can't remember what the dance is called. No, the dance. I don't know. More, I, it would be Maurice. I would want to watch him. Um, SXE. No, wow. it's one that I know. No, it's. No, it's. Um, oh, I can't. Is it, fa- is it fast or slow? It's slower. Interesting. Um, it's got like a cha-cha. Hideaway cha. That one. Thank you. I, I kept wanting to say Blue Knight. I'm like, that's not right. That's not right. Yeah, Hideaway Cha and Maurice Rowe. I could watch him dance that till the cows come home. 
And there are definitely several Fred ones. Like you said, you know, Witness would be one of them. Uh, oh, I could watch him and Guyton do Fragile again. They, they really bring something out of their core for that. Um, but, you know, the weird thing about Fred is we, we saw in Wild Wild West um, in, in the Bay Area recently was that he plays, even with something like Witness, when no one's looking and they say something about, you know, wasting time or something like that, you know, he'll look at his watch. Like, this is a slow song, Fred. What are you doing? But uh, he gets away with it. He's very impish in that way. So that, that's kind of fun to watch. The little things that you don't expect he's going to do in the middle of a dance like that. I was like, yeah, I'd have to add Fred into I could watch him dance anything. It doesn't matter. And absolutely be in awe and adore him and absolutely love how he can hear certain things in the songs and the way he moves. And there have definitely been times, um, like in Vegas, watching Shane do wobble. I wouldn't have expected that there were some things you could do with that that he decides, like, you know, I'm going to play with this aspect. You're like, wow, how did I not know that that could have been played with? But he must have, like, listened to it enough times and done it enough times. He's been doing it since he was very young. So that he can find those things and then express it. It's like, what? Where was that? It was just hiding in plain sight. Like, Roy does that all the time. Um, he, he On video, he's done that with Jukebox. I've seen him do that with Jukebox as well as Have Fun Go Mad. Maddie with Dance Ranch Romp. You can tell that's one that she's been doing for decades. And she finds places to play with that. That she's probably played with, you know, before in those same places. But she looks like she challenges herself to find new ways to do it. And she's also very precise with her movements and something like that. And you can tell when somebody looks like they can do it while they're texting or in their sleep, that's something they've danced many times before and played with. So watching her do Dance Ranch Romp, I would like to see you know how she continues to find new places to play with it. Joey and Rachel doing Pump It. That is fun for me to see them do. Because it's another one where you know that they've been doing that together for years. And they... There are some things that you'll see across different videos them doing multiple times. And then other times you're like, that is the first time I've seen that. I wonder if they're just discovering that now. If I weren't out there dancing it with you, I think I'd have more fun watching you dance Can't Walk Away just to see what you do with it because we've been dancing it over a year now. So there have to be places that are like, okay, every time I've done this, a couple times i tried this, what else can we do with it? So that, that would be something. On the step back coaster step on certain movements. Um, sometimes, like when it says paralyzed, I don't actually do the unwind turn. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so... I think we've given many examples. Is there anybody else you can think of that you would want to watch do... Uh, you know, I think every time we've danced it, or every time it's been danced, we've danced it with them. I would like to see what Michelle looks like doing hot tamales. Because I haven't actually gotten to sit and just watch that. Um, Charlotte doing River of Dreams. I was able to kind of watch out of the corner of my eye at Boots and Buckles um, for Bay Area Line Dance Connection. And that was a lot of fun getting to do that with her. But it would have been kind of nice to see just... Just as an observer, her and Michael doing that next to each other. Just because they have so much history with Boots and Buckles and I'm sure that dance as well. Scrolling down on the list with a half hour to go. What's wrong but sounds right? 
inline dance. Maybe something along the lines of, if, and this was part of my early philosophy with a lot of the stomping and really overextending parts of my body. If you can't feel your body doing the, the dance as hard as you can, then you're not get doing it justice. And I remember at Mavericks, people would ask me, why do you have so much energy in all these dances? And I think, well, it might be the last time I ever do it. Maybe tonight I drive home and, you know, hit the median or a bus hits me or whatever, and that's it. And that, then I think, like, as I'm dying, that was the last time I ever got to do four on the floor, and I just, you know, went through the motions. So I would approach those dances like I need to hit everything. You know, the percussive stuff, I really need to drive into the ground. The forward motion, I need to go as far as my legs will carry me because if I don't really feel my body doing it, then what's the point? And since then, I've learned that there are ways that you can control your body and still feel it, but in different ways that don't scare everyone around you and make them think that you're going to take their head off with a kick or something. So it, it might sound right to go completely whole hog and almost seem like you're losing control, but in the long run, that might hurt you. And you might do something silly like roll your ankle at Big Bang doing do something crazy. And at the time... It might have seemed like, well, doing that style for Do Something Crazy is exactly what you should be doing. It's called Do Something Crazy. But you could probably still find a way to do it with technique and self-control and not hurt yourself and take yourself out for the next several dances, as well as several dances of the next day. Thoughts from you? It's so hard because it, again... It's something that, like, a lot of us have been exposed to all of these things for so long. So it's hard to think of, like, what's wrong but sounds right. You you brought up a great point when you were, like, you know, in your early dancing. Um, I would have to go back into the what's done at a bar is what is done everywhere. <laughs> or that because it's the five staple dances that are done in your area they should know those dances because they are done in every area. Um, that's definitely wrong, but sounds right. Regional variations are a thing. Regional variations are not a thing. It's just, you're doing the dance wrong. Um, <laughs> just to throw it out there in a very catty, blunt, negative way. Um, <laughs> no. Uh, yeah. I think a lot of that is what's wrong, but sounds right. Um, I think another thing to consider is variations versus just learning the dance wrong. Um, perfect example. What's wrong but sounds right? That Sonoma County knows the proper way of doing slap and leather. <laughs> we, we're missing counts. Power or power jam. Or even watermelon crawl, technically. We do wrong because it's taught even to this day with a kickball change instead of the knee, 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 knee. Um, So, yeah, there's that. It's wrong, but it sounds right. Um, (laughs) It's it's a little tough. It's, It's wrong, but sounds right. Um, Georgia Peaches is a dance. (laughs) That is wrong. (laughs) 
<laughs> Although I guess technically now it is. <laughs> it's just not an original choreographed dance. It's something somebody butchered and. Well, now that's the thing is that like I mean when when you play the song Georgia Peaches and you do a set of steps to it, and you think, wow, these go really well with this. So of course they would create a dance and name it after the song to hit all of these beats. That sounds right. That sounds like it makes sense. And it's even two walls. Like, look at how they added variety. But that's wrong. It's actually the cowboy hip-hop that mutated and was taught to become two walls instead of the one wall dance it is. And that doesn't sound right. That sounds like the cowboy hip-hop and Lauren Elena, Georgia Peaches. That's weird. Why would you only do that dance one wall? Why would you do it and call it the cowboy hip-hop? Georgia Peaches isn't a hip-hop song. And it's it's about a cowgirl, if anything. That's not a cowboy. So that sounds wrong. And yet here we are. I was going to say uh, what's wrong but sounds right is that you have to name the, the dance after the song. You do not. You, you can call it whatever you want. It just makes it a little bit more relatable if you use some type of lyric or theme of the song. But you do not have to call it what the, the song is called. Yeah, that's true. And you don't even have to do the lyric thing because what if you end up with something like Tush Push or Tropicana Parking Lot? Those have nothing to do with any specific song, as far as I know. And I think anything like the Electric Slide, I think that song Electric Slide or It's Electric, I think that came out after the Electric Slide was actually created to kind of like jump on the popularity. Uh, Elvira... Yeah, okay, there's another example of where you have the association. I, I'm not even going to get into like the whole story of Electric Slide and Elvira. I think we might have talked about that with uh, Peter Blaskowski in his interview. Uh, unless it was one of the after-the-interview uh, after things that we talked about. But, like, you can just create something that is tangentially related to the original song, but has more applicability outside of that song... Like something K is for kicks-ish, you know, in, in that vein. It definitely matches with the lyrics of its original song, Feel It Still, because you hear them say Rebel Just for Kicks, and so you do heels, which could be kicks. But it also could just be the letter K and some kicks that happen in the dance, because you got your K step and you got your kicks. And that doesn't have to have anything to do with any particular song. So if you feel like just choreographing a dance that hits whole counts the entire time and could be done to any song and you don't have a song in mind, that's fine. And you could name it, you know, my 32 count dance. And that's also fine. Like it doesn't have to be about a specific song. I find even that it can hurt a song or hurt a dance to pigeonhole it into that song. Uh, because afterwards, people might have this disconnect in their mind of, why do we call this triple M-bop? Well, you know, the song was M-bop, so that's why, that's why it's M-bop. If people have never heard the song M-bop before, they might think, what a weird name. Weird name for a dance that goes to Emergency by Icona Pop. Why would they call it triple M-bop? But it's not. It was originally M-bop. And sometimes a dance can escape that. Dizzy, M-I-B, and M-bop have all managed to get song changed enough times that people are used to that. But if you tried to do that with Lonely Drum, it's very tied currently to its song, and it hasn't been around long enough 
to get song changed. So Lonely Drum, probably for the foreseeable future, is just going to be done to Lonely Drum. And then you have a great dance that will only be done to that song. And, you know, however long that dance lasts is up to the longevity of the song. Uh, Something like Dizzy can be done to so many different things and is not limited to just Dizzy. Uh, And that's one of the nice things about that title is that it could just be called Dizzy for all anybody knows because it's got a lot of turns in it. It could just be a descriptor. It doesn't have to be about that song. But when you get super specific, like Lonely Drum, like there's not a whole lot in that other than the heel bounces and maybe the toe heel steps. That's drumish about it. So if you had some other song like Little Drummer Boy or whatever, I don't know, something else about in, about a drum, it would be a more of a stretch to try to call uh, Lonely Drum related to that song because of movements that are in it, the way Dizzy has turns. I went on for a very long time about this. Do you have additional things to say? I was just going to say, we got really lucky with Can't Walk Away. We, st- we stole the lyric out of the song instead of calling it Craving You. Um... And then when it got song switched to stay, it still works because stay can't walk away. You know, it's kind of the same concept. So we got really lucky there. But yeah, I mean, it's there's going to be certain dances that just make sense to call it whatever the dance is because chances of people choreographing another Muddy Waters, you know, pretty slim. Yeah, we did that with Mess is Mine. Yeah. Yeah, there's, but then there's those popular dances or songs out there that everybody's going to dance to and everybody's going to have their version of um, that if you also take yours and make it stand out from all the other example craving yous that are on Copper Knob, um, then, you know, yours is the one that stands out. They're like, wait, wait, what's this can't walk away? And because you didn't specifically tie it to the song in that way, it can be song switched to stay. Is there anything else you can think of that is wrong but sounds right? Dancing should always be done in dance shoes. I think that you can modify other shoes to become dance shoes, so you don't always have to dance in dance shoes. Also, you don't always have to dance to country songs in boots. It sounds right because it's authentic, but you can hurt yourself if you're not used to dancing in boots or if they just feel too tight. They can really shorten your dance evening. So if somebody tells you, like, why are you dancing in sneakers at a country bar? That's not cool. That's not country. Well, it's what helps me get through the night most comfortably, if that's your thing, if you want to dance in sneakers versus dance boots or cowboy boots. So... Yeah, it would be wrong to say that there is one form of footwear to wear for all situations of its kind. What is right in that case would be um, do what your body feels like doing. Wear what your body feels like wearing. Mm-hmm. Other thoughts? Well, we might be able to come back to it. Oh, I would say... For us line dancers, it definitely, we know it to be wrong, but that um, line dancing is country. Line dance will never be done in space. (laughs) Sounds right, because how would you dance in zero gravity? But you're wrong. (laughs) You'll see. 
What's the most epic way you've seen someone quit or be fired? Well, I know that I uh, inadvertently quit do something crazy when I rolled my ankle on video. You can look at this up. It's it's at Big Bang last year. And um, either the dance fired me or I quit. <laughs> but uh, when I landed, I landed wrong. And boy, did that hurt. I think I actually danced. I might have danced the rest of the dance and just very gingerly and then left the dance floor. And I've danced that dance maybe once or twice in the year, year plus since then. Um, and as far as epic way, man, I go down hard in that video. Just like I was coming up really high from trying to catch my towel, I think. And then as I was coming down, I went on the side of my foot in dance shoes on a slick floor and it was uh, that was pretty explosive. Have you have you seen anything like that? I mean, you did moves like Jagger and hurt yourself, but it wasn't really. Really, it was merry-go-round. Really? Merry Good. Yeah. No, I dislocated my hip <laughs> in merry-go-round. I pulled my calf in moves like Jagger. <laughs> so, um, yeah. No, I dance really hard, and I don't go down. But man, do I hurt myself. It's pretty epic. Um, yeah, my calf, that was bad. I'd actually torn my calf muscle in moves like Jagger. Dislocated my hip doing um, merry-go-round. The sad thing about merry-go-round, that was the first dance of the night at da the Davis Graduate. And then since we had driven an hour and 20 minutes or so... I pretty much just sat the rest of the night because I could. Every time I put pressure on it, the hip like would just pop out of place as if like it would buckle from out underneath me. Same thing with my calf for moves like Jagger. Um, and I didn't have the heart to really tell you at that point. So it wasn't until like halfway through the night when you you were like, "Why aren't you dancing anything?" I was like, "Because I can't." Because I just I dislocated my hip. Um, you kind of gave me a look like I should have told you first thing, but you know, I wanted you to be able to dance too. Um, as for moves like Jagger, it was, I'd say probably about at least halfway through the night, if not a little bit closer to closing time. Um, and that one was pretty bad too. That one, I actually couldn't dance that dance at all. I was halfway through it. And I kind of like hobbled off the floor and immediately went and sat down, put my leg up and took every ounce of strength not to cry. It hurt so bad. Um, with the hip, it scared me more because I couldn't put weight on it, but it wasn't painful until the next day. The calf, however, was excruciating the second it happened, so... Um, yeah, I felt a pop for the calf and then like I went to step again and I couldn't do it without a searing pain. So then I got off the floor and, and then I had to be off my feet for how long was it? It was a couple months at least. It was not, not a happy camper, but at least during that time I began to learn French, um, sign language and programming. So, you know, you do what you can. Uh, I would also like to give a special shout out to my uh, pants exploding at Pikes Peak Lane Dancer Bust last year. Uh, those were my favorite pair of dance jeans. 
Uh, I have yet to get rid of them because I just I have the I have an attachment to them. Uh, I don't even remember what dance it was that I was doing, but it was my inner left thigh at the crotch that just split, and that was that was uh, my cue to exit the dance floor. And Jill gave me some black gaff tape <clears throat> to stitch that back up temporarily. I really laid it on as, as much as I could because I didn't want to not dance the rest of the night. I don't know whether I had any other pants, but I'm I'm not sure. At that time, I did not. And we weren't staying at the hotel, so I couldn't go back for any more. Oh, that's why I had to do that. Yeah, so I still have those pants somewhere, I think, in the trunk. Because I think um, Buckle takes returns on those if, like, there's something wrong with the seams. And it was, it was around that seam area, so hopefully I'll get some kind of recompense on that. Oh, I've definitely split my pants before at the bar. I uh, decide to drop it during the outlaw. I have not dropped it since. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we learn from these things. Like, do something crazy, we learn. We learn. <laughs> If you couldn't be convicted of any one type of crime, what criminal charge would you like to be immune to? Poor technique. If I feel like playing in the back of the room and not being a good example for somebody, sometimes that's what I need to do. Not be filmed, not be live-streamed, not be observed, and just do what I feel like to any given song. I would like to be immune to that so that people don't say, Oh, God, he's going to hurt himself doing that. Oh, he's, he's going to break something. He's going to knock someone over. He's going to slip and hurt himself. Because I know technique is great, and I like to challenge myself to develop greater self-control with certain movements, but I want it to be my choice. I don't want it to be something forced upon me because my dancing is somehow somebody else's responsibility or whatever. Like, they just decide how I move. I want to just sometimes be weird and try things that don't work and then find that out for myself because that should be my choice with my body that's an interesting question in itself and i'd really have to think about that yeah speeding <laughs> uh i would also i was thinking about this yesterday Sometimes I, w I would like to choreograph in a vacuum and not worry about what dances came before that used certain sequences. Because let's say I go to another planet and I create the new canon of all line dances that exist there and they don't bring anything with them from home. Like there are no, there are no old line dances. There are only the new ones that are created there. I don't want to think, well, this is so very much that old line dance, so I can't use this in new choreography. Because what if I think of a way that that sequence works really well with this new dance or this new song? And it also has, you know, completely original elements and it has some familiar transitional elements. But the hook is something that worked well in another dance 35 years prior in a totally different genre of music. I would like the freedom to apply that set of movements to the new dance without being told, oh, that's a derivative or unoriginal or, you know, you should, you should say something about this other dance that existed on the other planet back in the olden days. I think that there is definitely a time and place for that. And I think it's good to credit people when they've put a lot of hard work in 
and you know, especially in line dance, there's it's good to respect tradition and the people who've come before us. Uh, but I think in some situations, it's okay to let go of the old dance and not just try to song change it to the new song that you're working with, but really create something new with that previous familiar set of movements. I think that's okay to do. And I would like to be immune to uh, conviction on that crime. I don't know if there's really... I don't know if there's really anything that I can see as a quote-unquote criminal thing with line dancing that I would want to be immune to. What I would love to be immune to, or at least... um, not suffer nearly as bad as I do is um, the self-doubt while either dancing or choreographing. Um, the, is this catchy enough? Is this, you know, like, there's certain things about, like, was it? Oh, totally side topic. An excellent question that I still have yet to figure out which I would choose. And it kind of brings me to this, kind of brought me to that topic, which is, would you rather never receive another compliment for the rest of your life, or would you rather never receive criticism for the rest of your life? And it's such a hard thing because, like, to a certain extent, you need both. You need to be knowing that you're doing well, but you also need to know where you can grow. So... For something like this, I have a hard time with the, like, what would you want to be immune to? Um, Because, again, like, I don't see anything really in line dancing as there's something wrong. So you don't do that. Um, It's just a matter of, like, personalities and personal um, opinions of how things should go or how things shouldn't go or... Um, ways you act, ways you don't, ways you teach, ways you don't. Um, so I can't really think of anything that I'd want to be immune to. Another one would be attire. Uh, it was very freeing in my first Vegas when I just decided to wear my bandana cape. Uh, and nobody, nobody really knew me there. I could just do what I wanted. And, you know, There was no expectation on me. And somehow that ended up being very memorable for people who were at that event that year. And I guess to some extent the following year with the different capes. Uh, There are times when I would like to have that kind of freedom again to go to a place and just wear whatever I feel like. Like my baggy gray pants, but maybe with like nicer colors or... Uh, something that isn't just a dance t-shirt. Sometimes I feel like that. I mean, anytime you see me out at an event, like I'm wearing what I've chosen to wear. So there's nothing like wrong with that. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not like seething on the inside or anything crazy like that. But there are times when I would like to just dress how I feel and what would be comfortable and not have to worry about whether I'm fulfilling somebody's expectations or letting down anybody's expectations <clears throat> and just do it because I feel like, you know what? I've, I've never worn this combination before, and, you know, it feels really nice and loose. I think I'll do a red tank top and gray pants and sneakers and no hat. And 
I know that it can really add to an event and um, add to people's nights if you dress up at night in the evening. I know it's a lot of fun watching the really nice outfits that Joe and Rachel and Maddie wear after dark. Uh, they you know, get as casual as they feel during the day during their teaches, but then in the evening they dress up, and I think that's really nice. Um, I'm at an interesting place right now where I'm not there, so I don't have to do those things. So I could just stay weird and uh, have fun with it, and there's really no problem with that. Um, and I'm kind of wondering if like that might be a place to appreciate while I have it and not have to be the example of any kind. Um, so yeah, fashion immunity would be one of those that would be nice to not be convicted of uh, breaching. Like, you can't wear that combination because that's too weird for this event. Um, similar with the technique. Just the total freedom. And I think that's one of the fun things about going to a bar where people aren't used to seeing you or a bar where you've never been before in your life. You can do whatever you want. and No one's going to say anything. Because they're not going to do that to a stranger, and you don't have to, you don't have to do all kinds of things because people expect you to do that. Because this is that place where you do those things, and you also, you know, can do dances that you normally wouldn't do because people aren't saying, "Why is he doing that?" What? Watermelon crawl. Chris never does electric slide, and Mister Put It Down A B. Like, it doesn't matter. You're someplace where nobody knows you, so you can do whatever you want, and you can not do whichever ones you don't want. Somebody could put on the song for Whip It or Larger Than Life. And if people are used to seeing you do those, you, you know, you don't, it feels weird to sit them out because people are like, is something wrong? Why aren't you doing these? Um, if you're somewhere where nobody expects you to do them, you can watch. You can say, I wonder what people do with those songs at this venue. I wonder how they're going to dance those dances. Uh, when they don't have any like choreographer to try to impress. They're just at a country bar doing Larger Than Life, Simon's not around, and maybe they play with it in a certain way that you've never seen before. You don't have to dance it. You can sit out of it. You don't have to put on a show. That is a nice freedom to have. So, yeah, uh, couldn't be convicted of any one type of crime. What criminal charge would you like to be immune to? Living up to expectations. I find it so interesting... That here you are saying that you don't want to be, lack of a better term, judged for your choosing of lack of technique or your choosing of dressing down. And here I'm the opposite. I don't want to be judged for wanting to learn technique and for dressing up. I find that very interesting that we have the opposite sides in our experiences of line dancing. Because I love putting on the fun outfits. I love um, my black uh, stra- uh, strapless like jumpsuit that I have with my uh, leopard print be- belt. It's one of my favorite outfits to wear, favorite outfits to dance in. Um, and I get to wear my heels with it, and I get to you know put my hair up in nice, fun, fancy ways. And I've even gone so far as like researching new ways that I can style my hair with this outfit um, because I enjoy it so much. And I know that there can be people out there who would have an opinion of like you know I'm trying too hard or something along those lines or I'm just trying to be another for example Joe or Rachel and it's not the case I'm trying to be the best me I can be um 
I know I've received criticism from um, the idea that I want to learn technique and that people have judged that it's a strategic thing for me or people have judged and concluded that I'm not having as much fun as those around me and that's not the case I'm yes I might be focused or I might be very much in my own world and in my own world I'm feeling different emotions than the person next to me or you know three rows down from me and so I might not be, for instance, smiling during pieces. I might be very lost in thought and relating to the song. Um, there's been times where uh, she used to be mine. I've almost walked away in tears because the song has moved me so much. So, you know, it's like it has nothing to do with the technique is ruining me. It has everything to do with how I'm relating to the song and the dance in that moment. Um, and for me technique makes my dancing better and more enjoyable for me which I find is interesting that both of us are slightly self-conscious about technique in the opposite way yeah it's one of those things where I I have danced with control and extension and all those nice things and I'm definitely you know not perfect by any means but it's not where I find because of who I am it's not where I find the most fun so I feel like doing it that way all the time is just making other people happy who want to see prettiness and a good example and I understand why people get hired you know as many places as they do when they can be that good example who dances safely and prettily and I was looking at um, photos just recently, uh, I think it was specifically of Madison, uh, at some event that she had just done with a bunch of people, a bunch of people taking photos with her. And I remember seeing a lot of that with Rachel. Like, people want to take photos with Rachel. So I thought, maybe that's part of what makes the kind of... I mean, it's like a correlation with the people who get hired to these events. Are you the kind of person that people are excited to take a photo with? What is it about that person? Is it because they're fun and um, they they have a technique that people want to emulate? Um, they have nice outfits that people think, "Wow, that's so cool! I want to get a photo with that outfit." Like a combination of all those things. Maddie's very good at um, at combining those in her own unique way. And while I could just you know play it straight and do all the the clean collared shirt perfect technique stuff all the time that like I say wouldn't be as much fun for me if I limited myself to that and I think that it takes a lot of discipline and hard work for the people who do that and maybe for people it's easy but uh, maybe maybe it's harder for them to just let loose and you know for me that's kind of my jam (laughs) Uh, so I think that that is why I would want uh, to have that freedom to just you know do what I I want at, and uh, and just gauge what that is because like I want to have the option to to be all upright and proper and do the technique if I wanted to just like John 
he does that all the time. He knows exactly how his feet are supposed to be placed and how his arms are supposed to go. And he's competed and he's won all these different things. But when he decides he wants to play, he has the freedom to play. He doesn't have to worry about who's watching me right now to see that I'm doing a perfect arm raise for syncopated rhythm or something. Like He, he just does what he feels like. And that's where I would want to be, I think, in my long-term dancing is I can choose to do any of the different styles that are out there uh, as well as somebody would need to learn from because that's where I can be helpful for others. But for me, I would like to look more at innovation or invention of things just for my personal amusement. Like, I'm big on novelty. I know that. I know because of, like, Reddit and YouTube and Facebook and all the other social media things that really prey on that in modern humans. Like, we like novelty, and we check notifications and our phones and watches and anything that has something new to convey to us because it gives us that little rush of dopamine and excitement. And for me... I, I get that in dance. If I'm at a place with a dance where I'm not experiencing that, I won't play with it. I won't touch it. I won't do anything with it. And um, if I have to restrict myself from discovering those novel aspects of the dance world um, for other people's benefit, then it's not, it's, not, it's not something I would be happy in for very long. So, yeah. Oh, go ahead. I hope you never cage yourself. Honestly, I love that you have the range that you do of dances, of abilities, of style, of music choice. Um, I I think it's very entertaining and something something that I certainly admire about you. Thank you. I think we can get through at least a couple more to round us out at closer to two hours. Give the people what they tuned in for. Uh, this one's very related. What social stigma does society need to get over? Um, that line dance is country. Yeah. Um, one also I would say is that you don't have to be a dancer to dance. You don't have to consider yourself a dancer. You don't have to train in your basement where no one can see you to go out and do Cupid Shuffle. Like, it's okay. And, and that's one of the ways that I've heard absolute beginner dances described is um, the kind where somebody walking by sees the dance being done, and they can jump in and do it before the song is over, having never done that dance or danced in their life. That is absolute beginner level. Uh, Any higher than that, and they probably need some background before they can predict the patterns. So, yeah, guys don't dance. Um, There's a social stigma. Um, If you dance, you're too feminine or you're not macho enough. Um, if you dance, you're trying to be a dancer. I think you can just enjoy whatever dance it is you're doing and not be trying to do anything. You just enjoy it and say, wow, that was cool. What a different life experience I had today. That might be as far as I ever go with it, but what a good time I had with my friends. That's okay. That circuit and bar venues are separate. Yes, that is a social stigma that people could um, stand to get over. Uh, that that circuit is too hard for bar dancers. That circuit is a level. Yeah. Um, I think that it, um, that dance needs to be expensive. The idea that 
well, if you're really going to do serious dancing, then you have to buy the right shoes and buy the right clothes and go to the events where they're teaching the proper dances you're supposed to be learning and do all the technique. And it can still just be that fun, no cover on a Friday night dancing that a lot of people start out with, where it's totally casual. You don't have to do anything right. All you have to do is what you say. Um, try it and have fun. I had a thought, and then it totally ran away because I was listening to what you were saying, and I was agreeing. Um, social stigmas. Um, oh, it was while you were talking about that guys don't dance. Oh, uh, that line dances can't be done to slow songs. Yes, seriously. Um, that new is better. You don't necessarily have to learn every single new dance that's released. Um, we've we are way behind on our new dances because we've been looking at the classics lately. So. Yeah, And yet many of the ones from around the time we weren't regularly tuning in to the new ones have already disappeared. True story. Yeah, there, uh, I think there, were, there was a huge chunk that we were trying to learn around November, December between Vegas and Florida Dance Classic because we knew Joe and Rachel were going to be there. So we, we learned a lot uh, from late night Vegas that we took with us to December. There were some that we learned after... UCWD or yeah UCWDC Worlds in the Bay Area there are many that we have not learned that have come out at some of the events since then like Big Bang Showdown um, Experience Marathon and yet some of the ones that were even being taught as recently as Vegas I haven't seen on playlists and after the show's over I'll tell you which ones I'm thinking of uh, but that's how quickly things move. Like, it's been a little over half a year, and I don't see them anywhere. And they were being done, like, every night you know, at these different events. To some extent, that's just who was at the event and which choreographers were dancing there with the rest of the dancers. But also, I mean, it makes you wonder, is it worth it to learn some of these new dances when you don't get to do them past a certain point? I, my big story that we talked about before was kissing strangers. I got into that way late in the game, and by the time I wanted to start requesting it at Wine Country Line Dance, they had already gone through the course of it, and they didn't want to do it as much anymore because they had been doing it for months. And that was when I was just discovering it and getting excited by it. I think Funk and Feel It was pretty close. Uh, we were doing it before it had been taught in our area. We just kind of had to teach ourselves. But it didn't really get done at as many events as I would have hoped. So we didn't really fully get to express and experience that as much as uh, maybe we could have if we had been dancing it from day one, like in Europe where it was being taught, all the way through the last time it was taught regularly at a domestic event. But like the timing of some of these things makes you just want to sit out and watch and see what happens. Also, on the other side of things, I would say that, yes, classics are great, and there are some that are absolutely worth learning. Um, I have seen some playlists that at the time when I first saw those playlists in, in the local area were exciting because like, wow, like they do these every week and I'm not even familiar with them. We should learn them so we can dance them with them. 
And then we did learn some of them and dance them with them. And I still stay tuned in on the mailing list and see what's coming up every week. And there really isn't that much deviation from those. And it's kind of sad to think that, like, I could, in a weekend, maybe, learn the rest of the dances that we haven't learned on that classic list. And if we did, we would learn probably 95% of what's going to be done in the next year at those socials. And that is very pleasant and comfortable for the people who have been doing those dances for as long as they have. And I know that there are some that I still enjoy doing after, you know, years of nine years of line dance. But I also appreciate the other socials and other dance opportunities we have um, that do the classics as well as try at least to bring in something new once in a while. I also like that there's a middle ground between that and other socials we've been to where everything's new and we haven't caught up with anything and we can do maybe three dances in four hours. Um, I guess the, only, the last thing I'd have to say about a social stigma, I guess two things. I'll take that back. One is that you have to be a certain age. It is for all ages. Line dancing is for every age ever. And gender. Um, But you've already covered the gender. So I was pretty much focusing on age. Um, Secondly, that you are allowed to like or dislike whatever song or dance you want. (laughs) Um, Just because it's one of the most popular dances doesn't mean you have to do it. And just because it's not one of the most popular dances doesn't mean you're not allowed to like it. Yeah, and even if you feel silly requesting that dance that, like, two people know, maybe the DJ will play it just to see what that's like. Like, what will it look like when these two people go out there and do that? Because they're going to be happy for probably the next 20 minutes if they just get to do those those tinyly populated dances while everybody else is doing the floor fillers that you really could take or leave. Yeah. Um, And, and this is a far stretch because I don't think it's a um, necessarily a social stigma, but I know that it's kind of a thing, I've seen it at least, that as an experienced dancer, you can't go into the beginner or all request room, or as a beginner dancer, you can't go into the main ballroom. You can certainly get out and try in either room to do what you can and follow the dances that you want. Um, it is certainly worth the time and energy to at least give the experience of at least talking to the people in the other room. Don't forget about either room. I'm very glad you mentioned something about following. I have known an instructor who discourages people from trying to follow on the floor. And I think for some people, that's just the way that they most easily learn. Like they can try to do a video, they can try to do a step sheet, but what keeps them the most engaged is just watching and trying to mimic. And if there's enough room that they're not going to hurt anybody or them, including themselves, and they're not going to get in anyone's way, just let them follow on the side. Maybe by the end of it, they'll have it down and maybe they'll never do it again and they couldn't teach somebody else how to do it, but maybe it's still fun for them and exciting for them to have that risk and thrill of, can I get this dance just by following it? To tell them, like, no, you need to you need to stay on the sides. You're making it messy. You're complicating it for everyone else. You're distracting people. You need to come back and pay for a lesson. Don't think that you can just do this for free by following. Like, 
all of those things are very alienating. And I know that when I've heard it, I didn't like to hear it. So I, I think that it's okay to let people follow uh, if it's not disrupting anybody else who uh, is enjoying dancing the dances they already know. Wow. If you weren't allowed to follow and learn on the floor, I wouldn't dance half the dances I know. Half of them I follow because it's like, oh, yeah, I learned this like, I don't know, a year ago. I kind of remember maybe eight counts total of the dance. I'll follow the rest. It's fine. Yeah. Well, I think there's one very easy one that we can wrap up on uh, because this was one that I looked at earlier and I thought, oh, yeah, easy answer. What's the most creative use of emojis you've ever seen? And without naming any particular instance of it, Madison Glover, to give her another shout-out today, uh, she uses emojis very tactfully and does not oversaturate her posts with them or completely substitute out words in favor of the emoji that represents that word she just kind of peppers her posts with them and it's visually engaging it's more colorful it makes you stop for a moment and decipher what it is that is trying to be conveyed with those emojis um i'm not sure if the plural is supposed to be emoji without an s emoji emojis i'd have to look that up but um she does a good job of integrating this you know semi-modern technology uh with normal text posts a lot of people will just post a lot a lot a lot of text and she breaks that up with pictures, which I think is nice. So, way to go, Madison Glover. Creative use of emojis you've ever seen. Most her. Yeah, pretty much Maddie. Yeah. Also, to give myself a little bit of a shout-out, uh, let me see if I can pull it up. And it would be under line dance, my shot. If you look up the line dance, my shot, I wonder if it's even still on. It might have gotten pulled. I don't think it's in the uh, video description of the one on Daily Motion. But what I did was I framed the words my shot with a shot glass uh, full of some kind of liquor and also a gun emoji on the other side. And then for the other one, I had the line dance all the pretty girls, which I'm typing in right now. And I don't see... The one I'm looking for, maybe I pulled it out of the title. That would be interesting. I wonder why. Oh, no, there it is. All the pretty girls, I did an emo- a couple of emojis of um, the dancing girl emoji. And I thought, you know, that's interesting. We'll see. I mean, it's kind of weird. We'll bring it into the line dance world in titles of line dances and see if anybody else likes that. That's the first place I saw it was when I put it in mine. But uh, as far as regular use, Madison Glover. Any final thoughts in our final minute and 15 seconds of show? Uh, Not really, but I'm looking forward to some of these other questions for previous episodes. Yes. Yes. We have, out of 350 questions to ask in conversation, many, many more to go. I have no idea how far we got because none of these are numbered. So what a fun surprise that'll be later. We'll just have to remember that we left off on emojis. All right. Well... We would like to thank you once again for tuning in this week to Line Dance Podcast on Move Radio. I find it amazing that we look at the numbers every week and people continue to tune in in the numbers that they do without any sort of promotion whatsoever. We don't even post these episodes on Facebook for the most part, nor World Line Dance Newsletter outside of once every six months when I remember to. So thank you all of those of you who listen 
uh, totally unprompted, it seems, and just by word of mouth. You're amazing. And uh, definitely, we love you. yeah, we love you. We appreciate uh, that you have any interest in us talking about these things at length. Uh, this has been Christopher Gonzalez with Megan Barcelia. And until next time, we will see, see you on, on the, the dance, dance floor. floor.